I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help. With the aid of my favorite wrestling show, this is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start and current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time. This week, we swing into the episode of NXT that originally aired on November 27th, 2013. This episode is uh, kind of all about, like, friendship and relationships and stuff. Yes, which, it is. Yeah, is, which is why we're super excited to welcome Robin Trigg. Hi, Robin! Yay! I'm very excited to be here. Welcome to episode 28 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, we had a beat the clock challenge to determine the number one contender to Bo Dallas's NXT Championship, which ended in a tie. This episode is surprisingly light on actual wrestling until the main event, which is the tiebreaker between Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn, and that shit is amazing. Yeah. But... There's also a ton of content here just about wrestlers' relationships with each other, and so uh, I'm thrilled to have Robin Tree here. According to Archive of Our Own, Robin has published 55 fanfics about pro wrestling. Yeah! I have no memory of doing most of that. (laughs) (laughs) I can speak to the existence of maybe three at a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) And they seem to have a particular fondness for NXT, so Robin, welcome once again. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And I want to start, as we always do, when we have guests, by asking you about your relationship with pro wrestling and with NXT in particular. Um, well, I didn't know a single thing about pro wrestling until my 20s. Um, grew up in a cultural bubble. I have a vague memory of some friends in high school trying to explain to me who John Cena was, oh, and that wow. did not work. <laughs> yeah, complete... Complete nothingness on that front until I went to visit my friend, who is Young Sovereign on Twitter, who got into wrestling with Team Hell No, and mm. he showed me a Sammy Cesaro, a Sammy, yeah, Sammy Cesaro match, which Bob has not seen yet, so Ooh. that will just ah, be in the future. I suspect I know the one. I suspect you do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and there was a lot of stuff between the two of them that I loved. But there was also a lot of wrestling, which I did not understand, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is one of the many reasons I appreciate your podcast for helping people to understand the wrestling half, because I watched that match and I thought, wow, I love the parts of this that I understand, and I could do without all the bits where people are sort of rubbing each other's bodies, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So then there was kind of nothing for a bit until a couple years later, the same friend, Young Sovereign texted me in the middle of the night to say, I know you're not successfully into wrestling yet, (laughs) but I'm reading this fic and I need to send it to you so we can talk about it. Oh, (laughs) I get this story. Yeah. Bob has been this person. Yes. Yes. I'm on both sides. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Sweet Disposition by Demon on AO3. And it is a hundred thousand words, slow burn, friends to lovers yeah, Sammy Finn. What? Slo- slowest wow. burn. Slice of life. It was so good. 
that I read all of it, and I had to, like, call my friend back and say, okay, obviously, like, I finished the fic, I need more of this, <laughs> so I guess I'll just watch wrestling now? <laughs> <laughs> So then, did you jump into NXT then? Was NXT your first wrestling? Yeah, NXT was my first wrestling, and nice. I told myself I wouldn't let it get too far. <laughs> I, That's what they all say. Yeah. I won't be one of those people who, like, knows things about wrestling or goes to wrestling shows. Oh, no. I'm only going to watch Sami Zayn for a little bit, and it's not going to be a big deal. <laughs> um, and then just kind of snowballed and the rest is history <laughs> 53 fix later <laughs> 55 oh 55 i'm sorry i think it was 55 i'm, pr- I'm pretty sure ao3 said 55 i was in a fugue state for most of that <laughs> <laughs> now like i can sit down and watch a whole technical match and be like you don't understand like the reason he used that submission move is because 30 years ago you know like, <laughs> full <right>. nerd situation <laughs> All right, so um, favorite wrestler and or uh, first favorite wrestler. First year wrestler was definitely Sami Zayn. Mm. Like, I've fallen out of watching WWE just as... Yeah, understand. I mean, well, partly as the natural cycle of things, and also because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I always think, oh, I used to love Sami Zayn, and then I see him, and just my heart every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every I time. Um, oh, who is my favorite wrestler? I would have to say I love Mercedes Martinez. She's up there with Sami Zayn. She's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I love her so much. That, that's legit. I love her. Um, and I also want to say Effie is doing the most amazing things. I was going to ask you what your first pairing in wrestling was, but it sounds like your first pairing was Sammy Finn Balor. Actually, well, mathematically, it would be Sammy Cesaro because <gasps> it, it was a really good match, Bob. You've got oh. good things coming up. <gasps> yep. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, Bob, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Sam and Cesaro put on really good matches together. I'm not I've, sure if we've talked about that. <laughs> I may have heard something. Like, when you've seen yeah. their matches, have you ever felt a certain homoerotic frisson? Just the first time she laid eyes on them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my God. Yes, I do. I do feel it. I don't know. Sammy's like, this is getting into fandom stuff, but he feels like a real fandom bicycle. You know what I mean? He has such good chemistry. What, is, what does that mean? Explain that to me. Yeah, a fandom bicycle is like the village bicycle, like anybody can ride it. Ah, but it's yeah. with Sammy, it's like he has such good chemistry, you know, as Robin was saying, with everybody that you can uh-huh. kind of pair Sammy with anybody and get good results. I can see that, actually. Yeah, he's just, he's made of charisma. And I also have to ask you about this, you know, important fandom business. But who is your wrestling OTP and your no TP? And for those of you not in the fanfic community. Yes, please reveal the the definitions of these words. OTP is one true pairing, although I think people have multiple one true pairings. But Mm. we'll say the one for wrestling. And then no TP is in like your, oh, God, no, definitely not those two. But like usually it's a pairing that's reasonably popular. And you're like, ah, it's popular and it shouldn't be. And it's bad. And I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> my otp is undeniably sammy and kevin oh who, i know very I mean, little look, but i feel it i can't wait to get to them oh i'm so excited my no tp 
is a difficult question because um, I'm actually friends with backbone um. of the pod, uh, Sanadine. Yes! Mm, yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, we play chicken with each other <laughs> where we'll try to name the worst pairing imaginable and say, actually, wait, what if Dolph Ziggler was in a committed long-term relationship? Oh, shit. And- oh, no. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I know, but, you know, you can't look away now that you've said it. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I would ha- had been very anti-Seth Dean. Ah. Mm, I can understand that. Yeah, but then Sanadine suggested very upsetting things, and I thought, oh, I love it when people are upset, and so now I'm here. <laughs> I can't commit to a no TP because I know that I would quickly uh, come around on it. <laughs> that's such a fandom thing. You, like, you think about it and you go, oh, that's terrible, and then somebody says, but what if, and then you go, Yes, I need this now, and I want it. Like, okay, do you guys remember Filch from Harry Potter? Oh my god! Of course. Scared? <laughs> yeah, there was a thing in the Harry Potter fandom for a while called, like, the Filch Wars. What? Yeah, where it was just, like, people were going, no, we're gonna make Filch hella fuckable. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> I know... You brought this up on Smash Fiction and you basically treated it like nom. Like, don't ask me questions about it. Just know that it happened. (laughs) I was there. You're right. I should have talked about it I have so many questions. I wish I remembered more of it. I just remember there was also an extent to which, and this is in pre-AO3 days, when there was a lot more meta behavior in the fandom. And so you would see fanfics where they would go like, oh, this isn't really that in-universe. It's just like, it's the characters in it. And it's set mm-hmm. broadly within the universe, but we're going to have the fanfic authors also, like, mingling in amongst it for whatever reason. Yeah. And, like, it yeah. was almost a prize if you as the author or character in the fanfic got paired with Filch. It was, like, a thing. <laughs> I don't know. It was a weird time. I understand. Right? <laughs> I love fandom. I know. <laughs> Wait. Talking about Filch has reminded me I do actually have a no TP. Oh, yes. And I know this... Because it is the ultimate slippery slope, because I was eventually tricked into writing it, because I have bad friends. It is... Uh, All fandom friends are bad friends, as we know. Best friends and bad friends. (laughs) So the worst thing I ever wrote was Bailey (gasps) with Brock Lesnar. Oh, no! I know! I know! Oh, that's such a bad friend. But it worked? Question mark? You know what? I can... I can feel how that would work as a writer. Like, I could do it, mm. but I, and I, I'm with you. She's his natural enemy. <gasps> so true, because she's sincere and cares, and he's like an yes. empty hole of nothing. <laughs> oh my he's, god. He's like, if sincere and caring approach him, he, they can't get to him. Like, there's an invisible <laughs> shield. <laughs> he's matter and antimatter. Oh, wow. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I encourage everyone to go uh, read that fic. I, I certainly. Oh uh, What's it called? I don't know if I intend to or not, but I, I might. Oh, I'm going to tell you all about it, um, whether you read it or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Summer of the Conqueror, based on true Paul Heyman events. <gasps> Re- okay. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Well, 
Look at those picks. Robin is going to be sticking with us for the whole show, lending insight to Bob's breakdown, providing their own takes on the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling, and uh, joining us for and possibly participating in the Cheap Pop Quiz. But before any of that, we need to get the answers to last episode's Cheap Pop Quiz. Now, Bob has nine points currently. She had nine points on the last episode, and I skunked her. Yeah, you did. So let's see if she can get at least one correct answer and invoke the power of making me experience a romance thing for the third time. Yeah. Question number one. Next episode, you will meet Natalie Neidhart, known on WWE programming as Natalia, and she has a pre-existing beef with NXT Women's Champion Paige. Where does this beef come from? Is it A, Paige made her first main roster appearance prior to this taping by verbally attacking Natalia on Raw. B, Paige made her first main roster appearance prior to this taping by verbally attacking Natalia on SmackDown. C. Paige made a guest appearance on the WWE reality show Total Divas, on which Natalia was already a regular cast member, and Paige accused Natalia of caring more about being a reality TV star than being a wrestler. D. Paige made a guest appearance on the WWE reality TV show Total Divas, on which Natalia was already a regular cast member. And Paige accused Natalia of only having a job because her father was the well-known wrestler Jim the Anvil Neidhart, which, regardless of all of that, remains true. And E, no idea. There's literally no build-up to this whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Bob, you selected the answer C. Paige made a guest appearance on Total Divas and accused Natalia of caring more about being a reality star than a wrestler. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. <sighs> the correct answer is E. I have no idea where this comes from. What? I researched it. We're going to talk about it when Talia comes in is like, hey, Paige, what, I don't know what your beef with me is. According to what I've been able to find, there was no beef. What? <laughs> and this is just a thing they pretended happened. I can't find any evidence of it. If anybody has, like, an example of where this actually came up, please let me know. But, uh, yeah, from what I can tell, no build to this whatsoever. I love that they pretended there was beef. Like they said, oh, there's lots of beef. And you're like, there is no <laughs> beef on this plate. Nope. Question number two. Next episode features Cesaro's return to NXT. Who does he appear to be starting a feud with? Is it A, Tyler Breeze? B, Leo Kruger? C, Alexander Rusev? D, Cassius Ono? Or E, William Regal. Bob, uh, you said you very much wanted it to be E. William Regal. Yeah. The correct answer is, in fact, William Regal. All right. So uh, one more question left, Bob, to get that elusive 10th point. Okay. Question number three. Also next episode, in a segment too delightful for words, Bo Dallas encounters CJ Parker backstage. Which of the following does not occur during this encounter? A. Bo refers to Parker as Captain Fantastic and Polly Shore. B. Parker says, I didn't realize I was harsh in your mellow. To which Dallas responds, I didn't realize you were still employed. Mm. C. Parker says that Bo just landed on the dark side of the moonchild. D. Before making his exit, this is actually kind of wrong as I rewatch it, but Parker, uh, before staring into the camera, says to Dallas, cuckoo kachoo. Or E, all of these things occur. Bob, you selected E, all of these things occur. And you are correct. Yes! 
So congratulations, you have earned point number 10. You can now point me in the direction of whichever piece of media you will, and uh, I will consume it. Oh, man. Am I going to spend it on making you watch romantic anime, or am I going to make you read about blue aliens? I don't know. I mean, These are hard questions. uh, Difficult choices are ahead of you, but uh, (laughs) we'll come back to that another time. First, we have to hear about what actually happened on this episode. We have to go more into all the madness that just went down, and we do that in Bob's Breakdown. This episode starts with a helpful rehash of the previous Beat the Clock challenge and a reminder that tonight it's Good Good Boy versus Good Good Boy when Zayn and Neville face off to become number one contender in Who is the Goodest Boy? <laughs> <laughs> and then into the actual show, uh, we get Yoshitatsu. And Miles, didn't I see him way back in the first episode? In the very first episode, wrestling Cesaro, yeah. Uh, <sighs> that was... It was one of the early things we saw Cesaro beat him very quickly and then got on the mic and talked about how there was no competition in NXT, which led to Sami Zayn coming out and challenging him for the first time. Oh, man. Um, Guys, am I ever going to get to see, like, Yoshitatsu, you know, do a wrestle-wrestle? Not really, no. Uh, Uh. It's Yoshitatsu uh, does not have a very large role on this particular era of NXT. At some point... If we go back and watch the game show stuff, and specifically if we go back and watch NXT Redemption, Yoshitatsu plays a very large role in NXT Redemption. So um, you might at some point get to see him. But in our regular coverage, I'm afraid not. He has a few appearances left in him, and then he will be gone. Okay. Well, he's got on tiger stripe tights, and he has a red stripe in his hair. He's like the sexiest anime character. <laughs> He's so, so cool. cute. Like his little face is cute. His tiger ears cute. His music is so happy. I know. There's like nothing not to love about Yoshitatsu. And then he has to fight Cesaro, which is never a good sign. <laughs> In NXT Redemption, Yoshitatsu was engaged in a feud over the uh, severed leg of an action figure. Oh my god. Now I have to watch it. Perfect. So Cesaro enters with the yelling noodle flag and uh, (laughs) runs at the ring and hurls the flag. And Byron Saxon moves this carelessly flung flag, but Cesaro takes exception. But throwing it was fine, apparently. (laughs) So... He's going to beat up Byron Saxon over this because he dared, dared touch that flag. And Cesaro has him by the lapels and is shaking him up. But, you know, Russell Daddy is on the case. That's so right. <laughs> William Regal, I'm sure I'm sure that's what that's what they all call him backstage. Oh, for sure. William Regal takes off his headset and he jogs over to pull Saxton out of the ring. And Cesaro mouths, how dare you? Right. Like, like he took the last piece of cake. It was beautiful. It's like, you took away my victim, you monster. I know. Why would you be so rude? I was only going to beat up this defenseless person. (laughs) Like, how dare you prevent this unprovoked attack on a human (laughs) professional man? Exactly. So the bell goes and Tatsu goes for a quick roll up, which means Cesaro kicks out and is pissed now. And he takes a couple of slaps and does the why I ought to face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Tatsu bounds towards him and leaps, but Cesaro catches him in midair like it's uh, Pike Street Market, and Tatsu is a particularly fine sea bass. Mmm, nice Seattle reference. Yeah, except that whenever you catch a sea bass, usually you don't then slam it to the floor. 
I mean, maybe you don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you tenderize a sea bass. <laughs> and Regal is talking to Renee throughout all of this and explaining that he didn't want to see Byron destroyed. But Cesaro doesn't see it that way. And he gets Tatsu and bounces his head off the turnbuckle, slams him again, and then picks him up by the legs to spin him around while the audience counts until the audience just gets bored with the idea of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) And Cesaro lets go and Tatsu is rolling around in a daze. And Cesaro looks at Regal and points at Tatsu like, you want to be next? And Regal does such a freaking great job of playing sort of nervous, but not afraid. Yeah, almost like it's not my job to do this with you right now, buddy. I was just do I was just protecting my friend here. I'm in love with the way that Regal handled the commentary on this one. Yes. Yeah. Because he started by saying, oh, of course I stepped in because Byron's my friend. And then he immediately switched to like it being a connection between himself and Cesaro because he said... I'm an old villain. I don't want Cesaro to live with demons like I had. <sighs> I, you know, I can see that he's, you know, the evil version of me, like I was in the <laughs> past. That was actually my Vulcaneers for uh, this one. Uh, I absolutely love that. I loved him bringing in his own history as a wrestler who has been primarily like a villainous bastard throughout his <laughs> career, like who, you know, took shortcuts and hit people with mm-hmm. brass knuckles and shit. Like, yes, he, I love him contextualizing his actions on that way where he's like, I am sort of, in a weird way, like, trying to make up for past sins. And I also love that, like, when the other members of the announce team try to get more out of him on the subject, he's kind of like, nope, let's just call the next match, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah, Ugh. the story is built in the way he keeps dismissing it and saying, no, no, mm-hmm. the fact that there's all this sensuous eye contact between us, it's irrelevant. Yes. You know, <laughs> pay no attention to the man yes. behind the curtain. I I had so many fanficy feelings about it, so many. Because I'm like, oh, you stay up late at night regretting things. Oh, <laughs> there's a fanfic in that. Someone should uh, should be there to comfort you and make you not think those thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like the implication that like Cesaro needs somebody to save him, and the only person <gasps> yes. who can do that is me by like yes. fighting him with our bodies. Like you know, yes. I guess on some level. I already knew that this was going to be the horniest episode of our already extremely horny show. Mm. I'm just glad that it's living up to my expectations already. We're not even past the first match here. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy right now. So Cesaro finishes the match like he's wrestling it just for Regal. He keeps looking over at him. Yeah. I mean, is it sexy? Guys, it's so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) He sets up the neutralizer and does a murderous little hand wave at Regal and then smashes Tatsu like a cute tomato, uh, pinning him for the win. And I also wanted to say that I'm getting some, I'm not going to pronounce this quite correctly, uh, tsundere feelings from Cesaro. What does that mean? Tsundere is a type of anime character where their whole thing is that they start off really cold and dismissive and like dispassionate and even kind of aggressive towards the romantic lead. But Mm -hmm. then they slowly like warm up and it becomes a softer relationship and eventually a caring relationship. Nice. Interesting take. Because I mean, Cesaro doesn't give off a lot of like warm, fuzzy vibes. I'm like, ooh, you're so dismissive. So distant. (gasps) Who can crack that facade? Is it (laughs) William Regal? Maybe not, but it could be. He can try. If it takes brass knuckles to do it. Oh. Oh. (laughs) I have to say... (laughs) 
amazing. Yeah, you thought that was a joke, and Robin and I were both like, oh, oh. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I can see it laid out. I did check AO3, like, before we start recording, just to check. There must be, somebody must have. There's no fic for the two of them. I know. No. I'm okay. part of me's like, oh shit, is this do I have to do this as well? Yes, you do. It sounds to me like one of y'all does. Oh boy. All right. I'll I'll try and come up with something if you'll beta, because I'm always looking for a beta. I'm, I'm down to beta, of course. Okay, thank you. I will say some bad vibes from this match did not love the little worm flag being in there and no. then white european man beating up a black man and then an asian man yes not great not a great look yeah also uh regal still doing some weird stuff with renee on commentary yeah yeah i've got some feelings about that later but <laughs> you're not wrong robin about the optics of that uh no of that, that it's particular like, choice do they not realize any of this or do they just not care or Okay, I feel like the WWE is unintentionally racist and intentionally racist, and they're both mm. bad. But when it's yeah. intentional, it's a lot worse. Yeah. I feel like when it's Vince, it's more likely to be intentional, and mm. this is not Vince, yeah. so it's probably more likely to be unintentional. This is just regular terrible racism. Yeah. I, I feel like Yoshitatsu never got anywhere close to as much uh, respect as he deserved in the company, because he was good. He was so good. Who's he wrestling with now? Is- now he's with All ah. Japan. Okay. Oh, is he? Yeah. Awesome. He's great. He's got good music, cute gear, good voice. Nice. Yay! Okay, well, I'm glad there's, like, a happy outcome for Yoshitatsu. Because, like, I feel like there's a lot going on with his character, and, like, there's a lot to love, and I'm not getting to see it. And yeah. it always pisses me off whenever we get an interesting character who I can tell mm. is, like, not actually a jobber. And I'm going, well, fuck you for denying me this delicious piece of cake that I wanted. <laughs> Yep. Backstage. The greatest backstage interview ever. <laughs> I mean, it even tops the one with Adrian Neville, Corey Graves, and William Regal. Where William Regal is <laughs> like, this is how the fuck you do this. Yeah. This is even better than that because Bo Dallas is being interviewed by Devin Taylor and being his weird alien boy self. When a wild CJ Parker appears right in front of the camera. And I can't quote the whole thing because you really, you just have to watch it. But CJ Parker has a stick of incense with him that he's waving around. Like under his nose. Yeah, like he's (laughs) smudging everything. That's how you do drugs. Yeah, I know. I was like, is this a reference to the fact that they can't actually show drugs? But they're like, what's like a drug that we could show that suggests pot smoking, but not in like a cool rvd way (laughs) just in like a hippie way it did not look cool so mission accomplished (laughs) no it didn't look cool yeah it was really funny because like i'm totally into the idea of booing bo dallas right like he's doing this great heel work and i want to boo him yeah like after this i just really want to see him kick parker's ass (laughs) because like parker just wanders into his interview and he's like excuse me uh this is my interview time and he just, like, doesn't go away. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I want to kill you, too. Uh, you weird hippie. I love it so much, though, because he comes, it's like, good. just to be a shit, though. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just being a shit and saying weird stuff. And then Bo Dallas, human man from Earth, is kind of <laughs> puzzled at the fact that CJ Parker is challenging him. 
and saying like, no, I'm going to pin you in the middle of the NXT universe, which is a weird turn of phrase anyway. Yeah. And Bodell starts laughing and then turns on a fucking dime and goes from laughing and says, you're on. So it's going down, guys. Cuckoo, cuckoo, y'all. I love human man Bodalis saying like, oh, he thinks I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. And then just like stopping mid intonation and walking away like, <gasps> yes! human man, very good. Well done. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love it. At the end of the interview after Parker leaves, very much from Earth uh, person Bodalis <laughs> Um, has a look on his face where he's got his weird teeth showing and he's looking kind of like <laughs> sideways away from, away from Devin. <laughs> and like, I saw it and I know I'm behind on the visual companions, but I have to screenshot that. Like that might get me to catch up because I just have to find out something to write on that particular shot. <laughs> and then match number two, where we get CJ Parker versus Bo Dallas. And CJ Parker dances out to literally two screams from the crowd. And <laughs> Bo Dallas enters to one scream. Yeah. <laughs> I swear it's the same person screaming for both CJ Parker and Bo Dallas. There's just an additional person who also screams for CJ Parker. <laughs> but there's just a screamer in the audience who's there to go, I just want people to know that I'm there for them. Scream. I have been that person. <laughs> like, yeah, nope, correct. Yeah, yeah, me too. Actually, I, uh, my friend, a friend of mine, wrestled with some local guys here in Tucson at Tucson Comic Con a couple of years ago, and it was random, like Comic Con, not a wrestling con or anything. So, like, they just had this ring set up, oh, and there are all these passerby kind of just like you know, kind of looking in on the weird wrestling thing, and nobody really knew how to react to it, <laughs> but. Um, when my buddy got into the ring and started wrestling, me and Sharon were just like going crazy. Yeah! <laughs> oh, and everybody's like, just like, what? Are you really? Are you actually invested in this? <laughs> I also take it very personally because I'll often be at live shows where the crowd is dead only for the women's matches. <gasps> so, mm, yeah. So I'll just be like the one person in the audience going like, yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Right? Parker and Dallas lock up, but Dallas isn't really impressed, and he's holding on to Parker and getting him with an arm to the chest a few times. But Parker does not take that lying down and responds with those flying knees to the chest from across the ring that he does. Mm -hmm. What's that thing called? Yeah, I think flying knee to the chest basically describes it. Oh, okay. I thought maybe it had like a... Because I mean, look, there's a thing called a go-go bordello or something. <laughs> nope, that's not that. Oh, what? That's a band. Nine, uh, go, go, plata. The, uh, that is a wrestling move, yes. <laughs> there we go. There's that, and there's, like, a shining wizard. Like, how is it that some of these things have great names, and some of them are like, I don't know, it's a dropkick. Yeah, no, he's like, yeah, I think that is just, like, running knees, you know? Running knees, fair enough. It sounds like a thing you have, like, when you have allergies. Oh, my knees are runny. <laughs> All right, so he has Bo down on the mat and goes to the top rope, ready to fly at Dallas, who gets up and knocks the rope hard enough to shake Parker into a brutal crotch shot on the turnbuckle. Oh! Yeah, Regal says, <laughs> ooh, shawadi wadi. <laughs> I wanted to say that I turned to Neil during this and was like, what? Because I had heard that name before and kind of knew what it was, but I, w I didn't know why I knew it. And he was like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the name of a music group? looked it up it's a pop rock group from leicester <laughs> um 
it's it's a seventies band that covers mainly hits from the fifties. Nice and. Apropos of nothing, I guess he says this, but also it feels strangely appropriate to seeing somebody get hit in the crotch. It's fun to say. Yeah, yeah no, I, I just assumed it was some kind of weird British expression, but uh, apparently not. I don't think it is traditionally used that way. I think William Regal is just a poet and a <laughs> visionary. Look, no <laughs> argument here. <laughs> so true. So true. So Parker wilts to the mat because that was pretty bad. Dallas gets him up for a walk along the ropes into a bulldog, and Parker lays there limply while Dallas pins him, and uh, Dallas wins. Yeah, weird little fall from grace for Parker a little bit, because he did beat Breeze uh, a while back. They mentioned on commentary that he beat Breeze, and then he got left out of the Beat the Clock Challenge. Yeah. And then he loses here to not even Bo Dallas's finisher, like just a random bulldog that he does. (laughs) (laughs) Backstage. It's Emma! She was just attacked by the BFFs in the locker room, apparently, and has some head injuries, which seem totally extraneous to the plot, because Paige shows up to remind us all that she and Emma have a score to settle about accidental injuries that we are pretending were maybe on purpose for fighting reasons. And the whole point of this thing, it doesn't matter that they're going to fight later, it doesn't matter that, you know, Emma got attacked by the BFFs, or that Paige is upset, it matters that Emma does a threatening mantis shrimp impression by sticking her little hand really close to Paige's throat <laughs> and then dances angrily away doing her air stabs. <laughs> it was so good. I will say that uh, I believe what's happening here is that the thing with the BFFs attacking her in the locker room, because it's not actually shown, I'm guessing that uh, Emma wasn't, like, cleared to compete. Like, they're, they're kind of explaining why this Paige-Emma thing is being pushed down the road a little bit. Okay. Because Emma suffered some sort of injury, is my guess. And so they kind of had to make up something. You know, Relight the fire, it. as it were. Yeah. Clearly, it's not serious. They want to keep the feud going until she can come back. So that's kind of how they're doing that. But I agree. I really enjoyed the threatening air jabs. It was such a good segment because like all their words were so threatening. Like I think Paige said, in your condition, I wouldn't make any sudden moves. And it was very threatening and scary. And then Emma threateningly did a little dance. And the (laughs) comedy was perfect. Oh, so good. So it's good. really great contrast, too, especially because I think Paige is getting really good at being menacing in her promos. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. And then apropos of even less, Natalia's backstage defending herself and how much she cares about being a wrestler. It is so fucking weird that these it two is. things happen back to back. Yeah, like Paige <laughs> just ran to the other room to have this different conversation. Uh, anyway. And Paige thinks Natalia is Hollywooding it up. Well, there is but one way to settle this, so Paige is going to tell JBL that they're going to fight tonight for the championship, so stay tuned for that. But spoiler alert, this episode has no women's matches in it, and I am pissed about it. Yes. Yeah. So I guess we'll see that later on, except for the fact that Paige also has to fight Emma, so I don't know when they're going to have time for this, but... Well, Emma's injured, so she'll fight Natty now, and then Emma later. okay. That works. Paige versus Natalia is actually on the next episode. Okay. I love this video package, too. Mm. Like, we're still in horny territory. Because, like, the whole time Natty was like, hey, just because I'm out with my new friends doesn't mean I don't still <gasps> love you. I still have time for you. And Paige said, no, I know you've abandoned me. 
it's very beautiful to me. I didn't feel any of that, and now I feel all of it. <laughs> like, I think I love it even more now, knowing that there's no on-screen reason for it. Like, the fact that <laughs> the fact that Paige is just like, you don't write, you don't call, you've left me for your fancy friends, and, and Natty's saying, no, of course I still love you. Oh. It's good. It's Oh, it's powerful. It's powerful to me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm so happy. Oh, Okay. Now I have to try and move on. <laughs> Feels. Okay. It's match three, and Tyler Breeze enters in electric red glitter tights, and Cassius Ono enters in basic black because the classics are the classics for a reason. But Rusev comes out from the back and barrels into Ono like an escaped rhino. Rusev, you used to be such a good boy with your woodcrafts. What happened? Why are you like this now? Maybe he ran out of woodcrafts and it made him really upset. Maybe. Maybe that's the problem. Because he definitely had distressed wood. It wasn't like a fresh two by four. Yeah, it was aged barn wood. Yeah. <laughs> Repurposed. He's oh. already torn down his shed. He doesn't know where to get more. <laughs> Despite this, Ono is going to wrestle anyway. And fortunately, Breeze does the beauty shot. His dancy leap of a dropkick pins Ono and it's over. And I want justice for Cassius Ono. How how dare you? This is perfect. Oh yes. <laughs> Tell me why. Yeah, I need Tyler to know. Breeze is the only man I've ever truly loved. He's first of all, he's gorgeous. Second of all, no no further additions. <laughs> <laughs> point A, he is beautiful. There is no point B. Like, I love his pout as he pins. It's so perfect. I love him. It is. I really enjoyed the segment overall because I, I liked that it wasn't just Rusev attacks him. Usually in WWE, when they do this, it's like, oh, no, he was attacked from behind. I guess the match is not happening. You know what I mean? Like, you can oh. just tell the match was only there to set up this narrative angle. Oh. But here they go through the match and Ono is like, no, no, I'm f OK, I can do it. And then he loses in a second. And like, I don't know. I thought it was really effective storytelling. Mm. All three of them came out looking good because Rusev came out looking strong. Tyler Breeze got a win and is beautiful. And um, Cassius Ono got to fight on despite his injuries. Yeah, he got to look tough. He got to look like a kind of tough, scrappy underdog. Yeah. 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 All right. I guess. All right. I guess I'll accept this. I just I <laughs> went without Cassius Ono for such a long time. And now I get him back and I'm like, just let Cassius Ono do surf bum things. <laughs> <laughs> Backstage, the BFFs are being mean together. And then they see Bailey coming. So they rush Charlotte off to hide. And Bailey wants to confront Charlotte, but Summer Rae and Sasha tell her to get lost, and she's a loser. And Bailey says, Well, I'll see you in our tag match. And Summer Rae says, You didn't even have friends. And Bailey says, Oh, I definitely have friends. And I'm going, I hope so, because you're doing a tag match. <laughs> but I am very curious about what this is going to be and who this tag partner is going to be. But uh, does that mean I'm going to get two women's matches in the next episode? <gasps> Dare I to Ooh. hope for that? I can tell you now. I, I won't tell you now. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you wait and uh, be disappointed on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I just give it away? 
And I also <laughs> wanted to ask you guys, why the hell is Charlotte hiding from Bailey? Like, what is the oh, point of this? I love that. It felt very like the worst part of middle school. Yes, it, I did have flashbacks, but I was like, yeah. fuck this. Why are you doing this? Yeah, it was very realistic. <laughs> yeah, they know that Bailey wants to confront Charlotte, so they're just not giving her what she wants. Charlotte, go hide, because we're mean girls, and part of that is like, we know what she wants to do, and we're going to not let her do it. <sighs> mm-hmm. so, so monstrous. And yeah. the segment ended with Summer Ray saying to Sasha, what are you doing later? In exactly that tone of voice. That's right. Yes, <laughs> very I know. Well done. Which, I, I completely uh, feel that. I'm like, there's something going on. Oh, I just, like, you know, when you and the girls are just raiding hot or not together as a group activity, just, I love... <laughs> All, all the women's segments have been very homoerotic, very they have been. homoromantic. I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's it can't be denied. <sighs> I love it. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of uh, homoerotic, still backstage. Mm, yep. Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn are being cordially competitive and uh, saying how much they want to win, even though they're friends. Going mm. back and forth about that. And uh, some real tension, guys. Some real tension. Some real tension. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of eye contact. Oh. I feel a lot of tension in the room when they're doing their promo. Yeah, and and uh, then they get kind of close to each other, and then they kind of move away, like they don't want to get too close. They can't show too much vulnerability. Mm. Plus, we get bitchy Sammy, which is my favorite form of Sami Zayn. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And a little bit of bitchy Neville, which I also really enjoy. Yeah. I really love that they're taking the time to establish their friendship like this and like because they they are friends and they did wrestle uh, one another on the indies before coming to NXT. So um, it was nice that they established that and it was nice that they were able to keep things heated and tense without like while still keeping them friends, you know. So good. And then match four with Hunico and Camacho. The Sears manager is back and he is here (laughs) to try his hand at vampire killing. So Rick Victor does a skin the cat to enter the ring just to show off to his sexy babe. Cause you know, and his glasses yeah. fall off. Oh my God. Did they? Yes, oh, yeah. I have to ask, did Connor O'Brien pick them up for Rick Victor? Or did Rick Victor have to pick them up himself? Um, I think nobody picked them up. I think they disappeared using ring magic. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah. Maybe they're, uh, they're like homing goggles. So if they leave his person, they just teleport back to their castle. That's totally a thing. Vampires would have. A lot of magic wrestlers have teleported. It's true. Teleportation is like a super common ability in wrestling. (laughs) Yeah. And teleporting accessories. That's true. Oh my god. All wrestlers know at least one spell, but it's Accio. (laughs) (laughs) So Victor and Camacho started off and Victor is hungry. So he's getting Camacho into the corner and beating him down. But Camacho pushes back, roughing up Victor and following it up by dropping his leg across the chest and throat of the prone vampire boy. Camacho picks him up and bashes him to the mat, allowing Kuniko to leap into a senton, that cool somersault where you sort of steamroll your opponent a little bit and smoosh them. That's right. Kuniko is really dope. He's so dope. Yeah, he's great. I love Kuniko. I never really saw him uh, wrestle in this incarnation, and it's very fun. Yeah, because he does this cool thing. He ducks under Victor and then jumps to the second rope and throws himself backwards, twisting in midair like a cat. To do a mm-hmm. crossbody? Ah, so seamless. He did it like, nah, no big deal. Just throw him himself. 
Yeah. What he's doing there is called a springboard, Bob. So if you ever see anybody jump onto the ropes and bounce off them to go into another move, that is called a springboard whatever the move is. <gasps> All right. So Victor responds with a clothesline, and he does a little howl at the moon after he does his clothesline. <laughs> and then O'Brien is tagged in. And, oh, dear. Like, that's never a good sign because O'Brien's huge. He's a large man. He is. He is a big chunk. So he kicks the shit out of Hunico, tags in Victor, who does additional kicks, and they trade him back and forth a couple times before doing their combined cradle hold power bomb thing. <laughs> I don't got I don't. If it has a name, I don't know. I, what it is, I but... actually looked it up because oh. I I had to rewatch it. Oh, what is it? Okay, tell us. It's called a skylift slam. It's <gasps> oh. one of their team moves. They call it the nuclear fallout. Oh, that's what? Right. That's not even vampire-themed, guys. I think they're technically a post-apocalyptic group of boys, but that they're wrong about that. They're they yeah. so wrong about that. They pick him up, both of them with their hands under their bodies. They're staring directly into each other's eyes as they lift mm-hmm. this man together, like fingertips touching fingertips, yeah. and then dropping him. It's one of the most romantic wrestling moves there is, probably. I agree. I that completely agree. Except for that flying oral sex thing that Sammy and Cesaro do. Mm. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I really do love like a good tandem move. Like when it's yeah. something the two the two wrestlers. And it's one of my favorite things about tag team wrestling is that they keep finding you know, like whenever you watch the Young Bucks, they're just like, Holy yeah. shit, you guys keep finding new ways to do tandem moves and it's really legitimately incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's so satisfying. Uh, tag team, I did wonder why it is that tag team is so, like, fresh and new every time, and it feels really different, and why I love trios matches so much. Mm. Like, you get a new thing every time. It's a whole different style. Yeah, and more opportunities for dynamics. There's many people who think that tag team wrestling is kind of like the, the highest form, mm. you know? Mm. Mm. They don't work for WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no no they don't at one point somebody said oh the ascension have decimated the tag team division i was like motherfucker (laughs) nxt and wwe decimated the tag team division like you are not leaving the ascension anything to feed on they beat jobbers last time that's that's decimating the tag team division O'Brien unfortunately gets a little distracted and goes to take out Camacho on the apron, leaving Rick Victor to clean up their kill. But their kill is not dead yet. Mm. And Hunico pulls Victor into an inside cradle or something like an inside cradle. I believe it is an inside cradle. Okay, it's the thing where they look kind of like a ball. That's how I know it's an inside cradle. And then he pins Victor for the win. So go team Sears. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, match five. It's the main event. Guys, guys, everybody, you all have to watch this match. It's really cool. It's so it's cool. Really good. It was so good. So Bo Dallas is on commentary and has some things to say. Not much. He was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in his way of being an alien, yes, he was. In terms of adding to the overall thing, I I would argue no, perhaps not. But in terms of adding to his Bo Dallas-y mystique, definitely. Mm. <laughs> Fair. So the match starts with a strong, manly handshake. And then they crouch and sort of feel each other out. Sadly, out, not up, but... I was going to say. <laughs> I know. 
So they go hold for hold, flipping back and forth and doing kip-ups and one-handed handsprings, escaping and reversing the hold and looking really cool. And then the hold is broken. So time to cue the Irish whips, the jumping up and running under one another, and then the Sami Zayn signature appetizer, the trio of arm drags. That's right. And Neville sends his compliments to the chef, but goes to the ropes to get a break. And the crowd is cheering like crazy. So there's another lockup, but Sammy gets Neville onto his back to work his left foot and knee just a bit. But then he kicks Zane back and gets up, whips himself at Zane, who tries to throw him over his shoulder. But Neville does a midair flip and then lands lightly behind him and then follows it up with the leaping thigh ear warmer of death or probably a head scissors. (laughs) Zane goes down and then gets to the outside to regroup and Neville is about to run and leap at Zane. But Zane, who knows to expect that that's what Neville's going to do, slides in and then body checks Neville to the mat before Neville can get up the steam to leap at him. It's Neville's turn to get to the outside, but Zane gets sleep onto Neville done. And then Zane gets the momentum and they trade some chops. But Neville tries for another head scissors that Zane turns into a backbreaker, crunching that hobbit across his knee. Mm. (laughs) That one looked brutal. It yeah. yeah, so much momentum. That thing was like going so fast. Neville pulls himself up as best he can in the corner and Zane comes running, presumably to do that boot to the snoot. But Neville dodges, sending Zane careening into the corner and then sort of falling to the outside, thoroughly winded. And Neville leaps effortlessly to the top rope and does a moonsault, I think is a moonsault, off the middle of the top rope to land on Zane. And it's fucking gorgeous and i might have screamed a little bit whenever it happened (laughs) and it was a moonsault so well done yay and neville follows it up with a drop kick from the top rope zane is looking kind of punch drunk and rough at this point so neville capitalizes on it by flipping at him to do a butt to the chest which probably has a real name that isn't like ass check or something (laughs) (laughs) but the point is that zane catches him in midair and then power bombs neville for a pin neville kicks out They're both struggling up. Zane runs at Neville, who kicks Zane in the head. Then, with hobbity nimbleness that would make a toque jealous, Neville handsprings at Zane. Zane catches Neville on his shoulders. He (laughs) prepares to powerbomb Neville, but Neville flips him through, pinning Zane on his back. And then Zane kicks out of that. Ah, Yeah, it's so good. It's It's absolutely my favorite spot in the match. It's so cool. Neville, like, handsprings toward him and is going to do a thing, but Zane catches him. So Neville's on Zane's shoulders and they're both facing the same direction. And then Neville, like, flips himself, like, 180 degrees so that his crotch is in Zane's face. And then, like, is a spike Rana and gets a two count. God, it's so good. It looks amazing. It looked so seamless, so good. So much air. I was going to say, these are maybe the best kickouts that I've ever seen. The ones that these feel the most earned, the most like astonishing Mm. of any kickouts I've ever seen. Cause every time they do a big move like this, it's like, Oh, well that has to be the end. Cause it's so fucking crazy. And then the kick out, I'm like, Oh, but not unrealistic. Like you're not upset that they kicked out. Cause it feels they both have so much energy and momentum. Yeah. And I Uh. think it's our first real, like, high energy babyface versus babyface match where the story of the match really is just like two guys who want to beat each other. They don't hate each other. They just want to beat each other. Mm -hmm. So the story of the match becomes what they can do in the ring 
And as a result, like all the big, like, oh, holy shit moments. It's like, how do they pull that off? Like, how do they do that? Because it's Zane and Neville. They can fucking do things that make you ask that question. (laughs) Especially in 2013 WWE when nobody was used to seeing this shit. Yeah, I don't think I've seen anything this big as a babyface versus babyface thing before. And it's Mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah, it's great. So Neville sets up the red arrow, but stymied by Zane, who gets him with a few blows to the head and tries to set up a suplex off the top. But then Neville goes, ah, and headbutts him and you can hear the headbutt and it's all crunchy. Mm-hmm. And then Zane kind of falls to the mat. And so Neville sets up the red arrow and pins Zane for the win. And it's amazing. But you know what is even more amazing, listeners? What's that, Bob? Oh, my God, my heart. <laughs> Zane struggles to his feet and Neville goes over to offer a handshake and Zane bats the hand away with his foot and then pulls Neville into a hug. I am awash with hug tharsis. Greatest episode. (laughs) Cue the post-match sex fanfics and there are none so I probably have to write it myself. (laughs) Do it. Fine. I know. I have to. It's important. Well, thank you so much for that breakdown, Bob. Uh, You ended it with the words best episode ever, so I assume that's how you found this one? Yeah, I mean, I wish that there'd been women's wrestling in it, but God damn, that Mm. might have been my favorite match I've seen on NXT so far. It had everything. It had everything I wanted, and it had the crowd appreciating Adrian Neville and appreciating Sami Zayn and realizing, like, how fucking fortunate they are to be seeing something this cool and, I mean, the episode had uh, William Regal being a little scared in it, which, for whatever reason, is very cool for me. I'm like, oh, that's kind of <laughs> sexy when William Regal's a little afraid. So, yeah, it had so many things. It had Cassius Ono for a few seconds. It had, you know, <laughs> Rusev going through some emotional things. It had sexual tension between Natalia and evil. Paige. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, I don't know, I still am feeling some of that, like, Charlotte Bailey breakup energy. Mm. So, there's just a lot. Even though there wasn't women's wrestling, there was at least women's content. Like, yeah. two separate storylines were advanced. Three, yeah. so I will, three, you're right. Yeah, so I will take that into pinch. All right. Well, I think with that, it's time to move into the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. Okay. So, Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see? As they get ready to throw it backstage to Devin Taylor, the camera is on the commentary panel, and the commentary panel is looking at the camera, except for William Regal, who is staring at Cesaro with his jaw set. Oh. Yes, exactly. Ah. Ah. Energy. I feel it. I'm mad that there's no fic. I did not even, (laughs) I didn't even know they had a feud until now. And now I'm feeling it in all of my cells. (laughs) I know. know. It's like, this has to exist. This is important. Miles, what did your elf eyes see? So you touched on it briefly, but have we seen the giant swing from Cesaro before? Or is this your first time seeing it? I think it's my first time seeing this much of it. 
Yeah, I think this is the first time in our coverage that he's done, like, the big one where he just keeps fucking going. Yeah. And it's always so impressive to me how many times that man can spin around, apparently <laughs> without getting dizzy. It's... Yeah. I love the giant swing, even though it's objectively stupid. Yeah. And... Like, when anyone else does it, I'm like, oh, fuck you. What are you even doing? When Cesaro does it, he keeps it going for so long that I'm like, oh, my God, let him go, man. What's wrong with you? Robin, what did your elf eyes see? My elf eyes saw at the end during the hug. I'm sorry, I might ruin the hug. (gasps) Sami Zayn has a bruise on his shoulder. And after they hug, Adrian Neville is there with him and he's, you know, they're cuddling. And he puts his hand on Sammy's shoulder, and Sammy quickly shrugs it off because <laughs> of his many decades of extreme shoulder injuries, and he's probably in enormous amounts of pain during that cuddle, and I'm just very stressed <sighs> out about it. Aww. Oh, brutal. Well, I don't think it ruins the hug, though, because I think that, like, you know, Neville just didn't know he had a bruise there, but... Yeah. Oh, no, they're still in love. Still, you know... Good on Sammy for for being willing to stick out the hug despite his uh, his <laughs> agony. Uh, all right, Bob, what did your Vulcan ears hear? This was during the Zane and Neville backstage interview. Zane says, "I held that title in my hands," and Neville gives him such a look of like <laughs> utter perplexed dismissal that says, "So," and then he says, "What does that mean? That means you want it more than me." And the tone is so great. And I have so many fanfic feelings about this, like, <laughs> one-upping. And this, like, no, you're being stupid. <laughs> but also, you're stupid, and I kind of want to, like, see you naked. Yeah. I can't reveal it to the full extent right now. But someday, Bob, you will understand how many Zane Neville feels I actually have. Oh. Because I'm very much holding myself back at the moment. Oh. I also love just... I love bitchy Sami Zayn because when Neville did that, Sami was like, obviously means I want it more than you. Like, <laughs> yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> and I love that because so Sami is like his personality. You can see him as being very much like a tangible, touchy feely kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, of course, it means something to him that he held it. Like, that's how Sammy processes the world. He's all heart. He's all, like, yeah. everything, emotions on his sleeve. Like, every, of course, something means more to him because he's touched it. Whereas Neville is very cerebral. Very, like, you know, all about the head and kind of, like, using his, his brain and his, like, pure muscle athleticism to do things. He's like, that doesn't fucking matter, so you held it. So what? Are you the champion? No. Who cares? Oh, my God. Miles, you need to write a fanfic. You have character <laughs> understanding. You have this in you. I can't do it until later. It's we just, I can't do it yet because it won't ruin future episodes. Miles, right. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. All right. So, Miles, what did your Vulcaneers hear? I already covered mine. Let's see what, uh, what right. Robin's Vulcaneers Robin. heard. Um, my Vulcaneers heard during that last match on commentary, Bo Dallas telling Renee Young, you're pretty smart for a Canadian. <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> yes, that. Oh my uh, he's God. Genuinely so funny. Like his, I can't believe you're still employed line also. He's so yeah. genuinely funny. He is. I'm like, does he write that stuff himself? Does he Does he come up with that ahead of time? Like, I feel like he must write it himself because the WWE writers are very variable. It's so hard to know in wrestling. Like, it's such a, like, such a collaborative process. Yeah, but like his very weird one-liners have been consistent over the years. True. All right, Bob. I mean, I, 
What did your human heart feel? Let's just, let just ask the question, and then you'll tell us the inevitable answer. Yes, I mean, it felt Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn, but it also felt William Regal and Cesaro. It felt so many things. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go with the hug, because the hug meant a lot. That's why I, you, you see why I had to build you up to that with the, uh, the wrestling term of the week last episode. Yeah. Oh, God, such yeah. a good hug. Miles, what did your human heart feel? Again, can't exactly go into the details, but <laughs> specifically, not even the hug, but specifically leading up to the hug, when Neville attempts the handshake and Sammy kicks his hand away and then goes in for the hug. I have so many feelings. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you why specifically, but just remember that that happened. Okay. <laughs> Miles, I'm supporting you in my heart. I'm feeling... I know. I know you know what I'm talking yeah, about. I love you. It, wrestling's very good. It is very good. Oh, wrestling man. is very good. I want to know. I want to join this club. I'm going to have to wait. Like, how many years am I going to have to wait like, to join this club? Two years. Write your fic now and then write the sequel to the fic at a later date. Mmm. All right, Robin, what did your human heart feel? My human heart felt a deep, overwhelming love for Renee Young. Yeah. Aww. I love her so much. I admire her so much. We talked about OTPs and no TPs. Renee Young is like my top tier for bro TPs. Yeah. What, what does that mean? Um, an OTP is your one true pairing for, you right. know, loving and kissing. And a bro TP is for when you're bros. Ah, okay. So it's like the perfect friendship. Yeah. Yeah, but bros. <laughs> like, this won't be relevant for, you know, a million years, but Renee, Renee Young and Kevin Owens are my ultimate bro TP because she <gasps> has such good chemistry with everyone. Like her with Bo Dallas, amazing chemistry. Like they played off each other in a way that most Biologically, most people cannot play off Bo Dallas. Yeah. There's a wonderful bit years and years from now, not even on NXT, when they're both in the main roster, and Sammy and Kevin are both uh, heels, and there was a, a post-match thing that got... It didn't even make TV, it went up on WWE.com. Mm -hmm. But it was a post-match interview where they're, they're like kind of doing the heel thing, and the whole time they're like berating the interviewer for not being Renee. <laughs> God. They're like, where the hell is Renee? Who are you? What are you doing here? And at the end of the interview, they do the heel thing with like, all right, this interview's over. This sucks. And Kevin's like, Renee would have done a lot better. <laughs> oh my God. She's the best. There was a moment in this one where Regal is just giving her shit because he decimates everyone who's on commentary with him, I guess. Yeah. yeah, apparently. And he was saying like, oh, what about working on your English, dear? And she just snaps back with an English accent that's like, Good enough not to be made fun of, where she's like, oh, I have been working on that old chap. And just like, the perfect <laughs> amount of takedown that he can't give her shit anymore. And like, yes. he was very respectful towards her after that moment. Yeah, I noticed that too, actually. After that, he that was when he kind of toned it down. Yeah, yeah, like, she can hold her own. She's an amazing interviewer. She hits comedy perfectly. Amazing timing. She's so good with heels because she lets them, you know, walk all over her in a heel way, but then stands up for herself at other times. Yeah. I love her so much. She's such a gift. She's so good. All right. Well, those were the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. And unfortunately, that means we're coming to the end of our time for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. But we can't leave before we do the cheap pop quiz. Oh, my God. Because even though Bob has 10 points, it's time for round four. 
So, Bob, are you ready? I am ready to get all the points. All right. Question number one. Bob, you've now met uh, Natalia. Yes. And on the next episode, as I mentioned, you will get to see her wrestle. And you'll also get to meet her real-life husband, Tyson Kidd. Okay. Kidd was another underused main roster wrestler who got sent down to NXT, and he was actually a regular part of the show prior to our coverage, as he has been out with an injury. What's he doing now that he's back? Is it A, squashing a jobber, as one does? (laughs) B, hanging out ringside to cheer on Natalia during her match against Paige? C, teaming up with El Local to form a tag team called Los Locales because... Man, does NXT need more tag teams. Mm. D, paying off a story that was set up back in February where he came out on crutches to announce that he was injured and Leo Kruger mocked him and knocked him down. Or E, challenging the winner of the NXT championship match between Adrian Neville and Bo Dallas. Ooh, these are all strong choices. They need more tag teams. They just do. Whether or not they're going to do that, they need them badly. So I'm going to say Elokal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, choose and see. Robin, do you have a guess or do you know? Um, I'm not going to guess because I love Tyson Kidd too much. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> All right, question number two. Next episode also includes the possibility of one of NXT's stables or factions gaining a member. Mm. What form does this take? Is it A, Leo Kruger approaches Cesaro about joining the Real Americans, because he would also like to be a non-American member of Team America First. Mm. B. Sylvester Laforte approaches Aiden English and invites him to join the Legionnaires because they need his music to inspire them. C. Bailey approaches the beautiful fierce females and haltingly suggests that she'd like to join them in an extremely unconvincing attempt at deception. D. While on commentary with Jason Albert, a.k.a. Tensai, a.k.a. Sweet Tea, Tyler Breeze mentions that he would be a great fit for tons of funk, as he could show them some modeling poses. Or E. All of the above. Wow. Miles. Yep. Miles, damn it. I have to choose all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll give your answer. I know it's the wrong answer, but I have to pick it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Fair Bob. Enough. It's too delightful. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three. We have another championship match coming up, Bob. And once again, it's time for you to pick the winner. So who wins the NXT championship match between Adrian Neville and Bo Dallas? Is it A? Bo once again engages in turnbuckle shenanigans. Guys. Turnbuckle. 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 So Bo Dallas once again engages in turnbuckle shenanigans. The ref once again misses it, and Bo retains the title. B. Bo once again engages in turnbuckle shenanigans, but the ref sees it this time and disqualifies him, giving Neville the victory, but keeping the title on Bo. C. After a big move on the outside, Neville manages to get back in the ring before the ref's 10 count, but Dallas does not, giving Neville the countout victory, but keeping the title on Bo. D. Neville wins, and we have a new champion. Or E. Neville wins, we have a new champion, 
But immediately after the match, JBL announces that Neville has to defend the title right then and there against a returning Corey Graves, who takes advantage of Neville's weakened post-match condition to win the championship. Oh, Jesus. Um, I think Bo retains. Okay. I would hope that they wouldn't make Adrian Neville look bad in the process. Okay. So it's either turnbuckle shenanigans or count out. I've never seen a count out ever in all the wrestling I've seen. I have seen people thrown out for like tampering with stuff or foreign objects. Mm -hmm. So I'm inclined to say that that's more plausible just based on what I have seen. So I'm going to say it's turnbuckle shenanigans, but the ref sees it and Neville wins, but Bo retains the title. Neville wins by disqualification, Bo retains the title. Okay. All right. Uh, well, that was the Cheap Pop Quiz. Of course, come back on the next episode uh, to hear all the answers to this episode's Cheap Pop Quiz. Also come back on our next episode for Bob's fanfic explaining uh, wrestling sportsmanship. Yeah. As we mentioned, she probably didn't need two weeks for, but we had to have Robin here. Yeah. And uh, speaking of which, Robin, thank you so much for joining us thank on the you. show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. I have one last question for you mm -hmm. before we totally wrap up. Well, two questions, really. Uh, where can people find you online? Um, well, I'm an internet ghost. I have nowhere to be followed, but I think everybody should write more fanfiction about 2013 NXT. Yeah. And if people have, you know, spare funds during this uh, time of COVID, two local places that are doing very good work, local to me, are the Center on Halstead and Howard Brown. Both of them are centeronhalstead.org and howardbrown.org. They are LGBT-focused groups that have been around since the 70s, and they do a lot of great community outreach in terms of HIV testing, um, supporting people with ongoing conditions. Center on Halstead is feeding youths and seniors. They both provide affordable counseling and do anti-violence work, and they're just really good places that... Uh, have always been doing good work and are continuing to do good work now. That's so cool. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, go donate to those guys. Uh, that's a, an extremely good cause. All right, last question, Robin. Mm -hmm. We ask this of everybody. If there's one piece of advice that you could give Bob as she continues on her journey into wrestling, what would it be? There's going to be a lot of wrestlers like Yoshitatsu who remain on the undercard and never go anywhere and you might have feelings about them and they might never get a good match ever. <laughs> and that's just the way of life and that's why fanfiction exists. Okay. You know what? I can accept that. <laughs> on that note, thank you so much, Robin. It's been a real pleasure again having you. It, I just, I can't even say. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. This has been great. All right. Well, that's about all we got for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bob, thank you so much once again for joining me. Thank you. This was everything I dreamed having another fandom person on would be. Yeah. So my my heart is very full thank right now. Thank you so now. much to Robin for coming on. It was such a pleasure having them. And Robin also asked me to plug Brave Space mm. Alliance out of Chicago as another great charity that works with LGBTQ folks. Fuck yeah. So if you are looking for somebody else to donate to, they bravespacealliance.org is another great place to uh, give some money. Yeah, Brave Space Alliance. Check it out, guys. Thank you again to Robin. 
And uh, thank you to, also, our patrons. Yeah! And uh, we really appreciate you guys, those of you who uh, give us money over at patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan. And if you do, we sign you to our the next wrestling fan wrestling promotion. And Bob, we have two new signees. I'm, I'm very excited about these two. Oh, man. We're going to start with a member of the promotion who is very near and dear. Actually, both of these people are very near and dear to our hearts, Bob. Uh, because this person on the independent scene went by the name of Claire Mulcairn. Oh, man. I, you know what? I've, I've actually wrestled with Clarence yeah. in, in some sense of the word. On a very frequent basis, as have you. Yes, Claire is a merciless and ruthless opponent. We both have felt the sting of her offense. Uh, Many times, many times. She pulls no punches. Uh, I thought a lot about what character to give Claire Mulcairn uh, as she comes into the next wrestling fan wrestling promotion. And I was thinking about kind of the stuff that she's into and the stuff that I associate with her. And I think I, I landed with something that I'm pretty happy with. The character that Claire will be portraying for us goes by the name of uh, Harley Hale. I'm digging it. Harley Hale is... The phrase that came to mind is post-apocalyptic glam. (gasps) I took some inspiration from the fact that I know Claire used to do roller derby. Yeah. And I know kind of the aesthetic that she's into a lot of the time. So I got the Harley from kind of the kind of Mad Max bicycle gang kind of idea. So this character is, like, very much goth, glam, like I said, post-apocalyptic, like, really big, like, almost mohawky hair, right? Yeah! Bunch of, like, black leather and chains and shit, but, like, not dirty and, uh, and, like, you know, gritty. All the dirt is glitter. It's all glitter, it's all, like, the makeup is perfect, you know what I mean? And, like... I love it. And the hail part... You know, as some of you might know, over on Smash Fiction, we used to refer to Claire as the Storm Tongue for how quickly she spoke uh, when she got really into her argument. So I was going with kind of the Storm theme, and I thought of Hale. We're talking about her character as like this definitely femme, but still like will beat the shit out of you and step on your neck. Do you know what I mean? Mm, So like until you you are forced to bow down. So I like the double meaning of Hale and Hale, you know what I mean? It's like the the Storm part. So, anyway, the warlord stalking the Arizona deserts is uh, Harley <sighs> Hale, and she has arrived here in the next wrestling fan and wrestling promotion, but she is not alone. The other person that we have just signed on the independent scene went by the name of Daniel Kidder. Yes. Daniel Kidder is portraying a actually a robot. Okay. In the next wrestling fan wrestling promotion. Uh, and the robot's name is, of course, kind of an acronym. Like, it refers to the make and model of the robot, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a robot specifically designed for, like, hanging out with you while you get high. Oh, my God. This robot is the best robot. Yeah. And uh, the name of the robot is the Fully Functional Apparatus for Toking, Blazing, Lighting Up, and Never Tripping. Oh, my God. And it is the 69th model of this uh, this design. And so, colloquially speaking, the name of the robot is, of course, Fat Blunt 69. Oh, Fat Blunt 69, my heart. <laughs> I bet this robot lures people in. Th- you're thinking like, oh, I bet I can win because this robot is for like getting high and hanging out. Yeah. And then the robot does some sloth style and just pops up with these like fast, quick moves. And then you're like, oh, man, what? Fat Blunt 69 has a very Orange Cassidy wrestling style. I think that that Daniel would appreciate that. So welcome into the promotion, uh, Harley Hale. 
and Fat Blunt 69 Claire Mulcair yes. and Daniel Kidder, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much to all of our patrons for your support. And for our patrons and non-patrons and just anybody who wants to come hang out, we're going to be doing a wrestling watch party on August 30th at 1 p.m. Pacific time. We will be using Cast. We're going to make sure that that is publicized in the fan faction, and then we'll also be talking about it on the tweets and the Facebooks. Yeah. But that is for anybody who wants to just come and watch some wrestling. And I would say that a good portion of the people who come and watch wrestling with us haven't really watched wrestling before. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Yeah, so we always get some people who haven't kind of come on the ride before and end up having a really good and interesting time. August 30th, 1 p.m. Pacific. We will put out the link on our social medias. Come hang out and watch wrestling with us. Yeah, and now, Miles, we're going to take a little trip to a place called Plug Corner. Oh my gosh, Plug Corner. We've never been here before on this show. So hello there, Plug Corner. What's up, Plug Corner? So I was on a friend's podcast. It is called Ambient Conversations. It is a podcast that my friend made because she, Marika Jackson misses having good background noise now that, you know, so many of us are working from home. And so it is a podcast in which she and a friend, in this case, for this episode, it was me, have a low-key chill conversation that you can play in the background. And if you dip into it, you'll hear something interesting. And if you just let it play in the background, it won't be too stressful or too distracting. It'll just be a nice thing that's playing in the background to hang out to. And so the episode that I was on is called Animal Soulmates and Additive Goodness. And (laughs) we talk about hipster otters and we talk about whether or not you have a bear soulmate out there there somewhere waiting for you. Yeah. So good. I appreciate that, Bob. Thank you for telling us about that. Yeah. And Miles, tell me what you're up to. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so first of all, I want to say that this is not wrestling related, but I don't think I've mentioned on the show before. I wrote a recent article that is currently available on Medium that is, again, not about wrestling, but it is about uh, Harry Potter. Specifically, the article is called It's Time for Progressives to Move On from Harry Potter. Mm. And it is why, not why, like, Harry Potter's bad or why you shouldn't read it, but it's about why, like, like, you shouldn't couch your progressive politics in the language of Harry Potter because it's not actually, it doesn't actually have anything to say about progressive politics. And I think that we ascribe a lot of progressivism to that series that isn't actually there if you're interested in reading that that's on medium right now and if you become a medium member and then you read it then that helps me financially so that'd be cool if you want to do that i mean some of you are already helping us financially so i won't ask any more of you (laughs) the other thing i want to say is that i uh recently started writing on irregular basis for a little wrestling website called shops kicks and near falls As of this recording, my first piece has not yet been published. I can't promise that it will be because I haven't gotten the approval yet, but it is in the works. On Saturday, uh, it should be available if it's going to be available up over on uh, Chops, Kicks, and Near Falls. It is a ranking of the 25 NXT North American Championship matches that have happened to date. And uh, Bob, unfortunately, that means you can't read it. Not allowed. Stay away. All uh, right. But <laughs> but everybody else, if, if you're interested in the history of NXT, which is something that I really enjoy thinking about and writing about, then, uh, yeah, go check it out and go check out Chops, Kicks and Near Falls in general. It is a relatively uh, small site, but it's really cool and really good. And I really like it, which is one of the reasons I wanted to write for it. So that's that's the plug corner. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. And we will be back in two weeks with another one. Bye! The Next Wrestling Fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman with logo design by Claire Mulcairn. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. Visit our website at nxtwrestlingfan.com for show notes, episode transcripts, and more. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. So let's see if she can get at least one correct answer and invoke the power of making me experience a romance thing for the third time. Yeah. Third time's whenever you get hooked forever. <laughs> we'll just have to stop having the cheap pop quiz after that because there will be no point. No, because I want to make you read the ones I want to make you read. <laughs> Fair enough.